Welcome to the Skin Club Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Rachel. And I'm Alita. Welcome to the club. guys welcome back it feels like we haven't recorded in forever it's in a minute because we haven't we batched the last couple so i feel like i like forgot how to do this i'm sorry if we're awkward (laughs) getting back into it but we are super excited as always we see that every episode we're so excited for this episode we just love what we do and today's an extra special episode because alita gave birth i had a baby and she's gonna talk about her birth story she has not told me yet and i'm absolutely dying so she's saving to tell me on the podcast (laughs) and then we're gonna talk about the skin better l'oreal situation that's blown up this past week and yes so as always We'll start with weekly favorites and Lavalita start. Perfect. Okay. So sorry if you can hear the baby in the background. She is joining us. She started talking right when you said that. She knows her turn. She knows her turn. Okay. (laughs) So weekly favorite for this week has to be newborn snuggles. And just I love the newborn phase. Um, It's just like so... I don't know. It just like feels like heaven is like in your home because they're just like so fresh, you know, straight from heaven. Yes. And then the other weekly favorite that I have is the show. Oh, gosh. The Patient. Okay. Have you heard of it? I've heard of that. What is that about? Holy smokes. So I'm going to nurse her too. Um, The Patient It is Steve Carell. So the guy from The Office. Um, and holy cow, like little recap. Sorry, I'm going to nurse her. No, you're good. <laughs> um, it is about like this therapist who he, sorry, my literal child is eating. Um, so it's a therapist who I don't like want to give away too much. Is it, wait, is it a movie or a TV series? It's a TV series okay. on Hulu and it is like very intense like slightly spooky really steve Carell. yeah no it's like okay. he does really well but he plays this therapist and he has a patient who is a serial killer oh fascinating and the serial killer kidnaps him and like wants his help to like get better we love a self-reflective king. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, like he like wants to stop like his impulses, but yeah. does not know like how. So he kidnaps his therapist to like help him. Yeah. Cope and all the things. So that's my weekly favorite. What's yours? Well, I really want to watch that because I've been seeing people post about oh it. And gosh. I was like, what is this? And I no, just haven't even looked into it. would love it. Okay. Well, that'll be our next one. Um... But okay, I have a few weekly favorites. First one being brown noise. Oh my gosh, yes. Have you ever used brown noise? Yes. It's like white noise, but better. <laughs> it's I've, brown. It's brown. It's your favorite color. <laughs> <laughs> um, because it's the color of the skin yes. club. <laughs> no, but really, it's so relaxing. It almost sounds like you're on an airplane. And it makes sense to me because every time I get on airplanes, I like instantly fall asleep. Oh, yeah. And I think because it sounds like brown noise, yeah. at least in my opinion. So I'll literally just get on Spotify and loop like a few hours of brown, no- brown noise and then it'll turn off automatically. But it puts me to sleep. Oh, nice. And I love it. So brown noise for sure. And then also, if you know me, you know I love spooky season. Yes, and so the day, this has been a few weeks, but. I'm just saying it now. The day that pumpkin spice was brought back to Starbucks, you know I got it that <laughs> very day. Yes. <laughs> so there's a few different drinks I like with pumpkin. I just look on TikTok and get ideas off of TikTok. Love it. And it's great. I haven't had a pumpkin drink other like than what I've made from home yet. They're so, so expensive, but they are. It's cheaper I know. to make it, it at your house. It literally kills me to spend $7 on like a four ounce cup. That I drink so fast. <laughs> yes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yes. No, it is expensive, but we love. 
And then also my other one, I'm not done because I'm a slow reader, but Alita let me borrow a book. Do you remember a few weeks ago I was here? It was the You Are a Badass book. It oh, was yeah. just sitting yes. on her table and I was like, oh, <laughs> did you read that? I was like, I want to read that. Yeah. And I just started reading it and I like oh, it so far. I'm good. not far at all because I'm slow and that's okay. Because I was busy the past couple of weeks. Yeah, but a little busy. Yeah. <laughs> so I started reading that and I really like really like it so far. It's great. So well, good. That I'll leave it there. I've I could keep going, but <laughs> lots save lots of favorites. <laughs> um, but what are your updates? Uh, um, well, you have a big update, but <laughs> very big life altering update. So we had our baby. Her name is Tommy Lois Brock. We call her Tommy Low. We call her Baby T, Baby Sissy. And she's just perfect. Um, so perfect. I'm obsessed with her. She's awesome. Um, and I'll share about like my whole labor experience in a minute. But yeah, that's kind of our biggest update. And Jovi is just such a good big sister. And we're just in newborn heaven right now. Just taking it day by day. It's a big adjustment to go from one to two. Like... I guess it's it's hard and bless you. <laughs> it's hard in the sense of just like now just trying to divvy out your time and like f- just figure out like a new norm, like the new schedule, new norm. Yeah. But thankfully, Tommy's just like such a good sleeper and I'm I feel like I'm still well well rested for the most part even though I'm getting up in the middle of the night. Which I feel like that's the biggest adjustment to becoming a parent again is like having to go through the sleep deprivation cycle. Totally. You know? Yeah. But it makes it a lot easier when your baby sleeps. So that's my weekly update. Not much else has happened. Oh, well, we finished a couple of home renovations. A couple? Yeah. (gasps) (laughs) Just a couple. Um, Guys, I came to Alita's house and I'm, I'm like, oh. Your kitchen's different. It looks beautiful. <laughs> Our podcasting room is different. It looks beautiful. Jovi's room is completely different. Jovi's. Oh, haven't even been in Jovi's room. I'm like, ma'am. Yeah. You just gave birth. Yeah. We and don't... you redid your house. Yeah. We we don't <laughs> stop the the I, renovations. Yeah. No, They're I think it's going. beautiful. Thank you. I'm so excited. We're gonna start doing our bathroom here soon. Oh, so, exciting! Oh. I just all the house or all the rooms in our house that are like not renovated are so poopy and they're just like eyesores and so I just can't wait because we only have our um guest bathroom and then our bedroom and then we move on to the outside of like repainting the house you and are oh yeah oh I thought you were just doing interior oh no that's like, exciting we are actually soon we're ripping out like all the trees in the front yard because they're literally falling down um and so we're gonna rip out all the trees these storms keep like knocking our trees over Oh, yeah. There's a storm when I was walking in today. Yeah. So, bless Ryder's car. I hope it doesn't get squashed because there's a humongous branch from that Ooh. tree hanging right over his car. So, if it falls, he needs a new car. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. But that's kind of my update. What is your update? So, I have a few big ones. I'm going to start out with. So, I went to laser school. So cool. It's finally announced, so I can finally talk about it on the podcast. And it was so I I got certified to do lasers through my license in Utah. It's called a master esthetician license, but it doesn't transfer to Arizona. So since transferring to Arizona, I was just an esthetician. The laser didn't count for it. So me and all my colleagues, we went to laser school the past couple of weeks and It was so much fun. It was a lot of information in one. But I will say I have a new understanding of lasers and the science behind them. Because I remember leaving my school in Utah and being like, what the crap? Were you like indifferent about them? Like you didn't know if it was like. Well, when I was in Utah, I was like, I don't feel like I know enough. Like to just go work for a laser company would be so intimidating. Really? Like, Yeah. Like I, I thought they were cool, but I was like. I will hurt someone like I just was not confident and I mean the teach I love the school I went to I always talk about that 
but the laser program was just barely touched on. Okay. Whereas I just had two weeks of in-depth every single day, all day, all about lasers, hands-on with each, with different lasers. Yeah. And I feel like I just have a new understanding and appreciation of them. And it's just so crazy how much more sense it makes to me now. Yeah. And it makes me even more excited for the laser that we will be bringing on. And so that leads me to my other update. I got the laser done on myself while I was in school. So the laser we will be bringing on is called the CO2 cool peel laser. Um, It's an ablative fractional laser. So it is intense, but not as intense as the CO2 lasers from back in the day. Okay. Back in the day, you get a CO2 laser and you're down for months. Really? Like, face wrapped like (gasps) aggressive oh my gosh whereas now with this new one the cool peel barely even any downtime you'll just feel like you have a really bad sunburn for maybe a day and then after that it's just kind of like rough texture until it all exfoliates off so I'm loving it I'm already seeing a difference in my skin and I will continue to see a difference in my skin as my collagen continues to regenerate So, yeah, lots of lasers, lots of hands-on, and yeah, I'm really excited. I brought all my paperwork to the state board place in Phoenix this morning, trying to rush it, (laughs) because the government takes forever. Years. Forever, and I'm like, I'm trying to offer this to my clients ASAP, but I can't offer it until I get my... Your certificate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So... Yeah, that's a big update for me. That's but, awesome. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Lots okay. Of good things. We've just been busy gals. I know. That's why we've been batching so much lately. Yeah. <laughs> Lots going on. All the things. But, okay. I am absolutely dying to hear your story. Okay. Well, do we want to do skin better thing first or do you want to do birth story first? Either way. What do you think? Let's do skin better. We didn't really plan it. Yeah. No, let's do skin better (laughs) because it's just like a quick little snippet and then people don't have to listen to my whole spiel if they don't want to. Yeah. (laughs) Because really with the skin better thing. Okay. So if you don't know skin better, we all love it. Um, Skin better has popped off so much in the past year. Like they've always been great, but I feel like in the past year they've blown up. Blown up. Yeah. And so if you don't know, L'Oreal um, signed an agreement to acquire Skin Better Science. And that pretty much sent a panic. Everyone. <laughs> on the internet. And everyone was freaking out. And I actually, <laughs> I was in laser school when I found out. I had a rep from Obaji come and talk to us. Oh, yeah. And she was asking me, she's like, what vitamin C are you using? And I was like, oh, I'm using the one from Skin Better. And she's like, did you hear what happened this morning? And I was like, what? And so I started like panicking because yeah. I was in class. I couldn't just whip out my phone and start looking into it. Right. So I was just like panicking in class. I was like, oh, my gosh, what does this mean? And the reason people are panicking is because people don't know, will this affect the quality of the product or will it be sold in Target? Like. Without knowing anything, people just... They just assume of what's like happened from other lines, essentially. Yeah, because <laughs> this happened with... Is it SkinCeuticals? SkinCeuticals and even like Dermalogica. I mean, yeah. they were bought out by a bigger company and now they're literally in Target. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. So that's what we're talking about. Um, I'm just going to read a little excerpt from l'oreal's website perfect and then i'll let you get into it okay i feel like i'm talking a lot sorry no you're good so l'oreal signed an agreement to acquire skin butter science a physician dispensed american skincare brand backed by cutting edge dermatological science combining patented ingredients with like okay skipping that Anyways, it was founded by co-founded in 2016 by pharmaceutical industry professionals Jonah Shackney, Justin Smith, and Seth Rodner. I hope I said all those right. And it has since become one of the fastest growing medical dispensed skincare brands in the United States. Um, I don't want to read through all this. So it's mainly available through leading dermatology, plastic surgery, 
medical aesthetics practices um and they are very picky they have been very picky about who they let carry the line carry it yeah yeah exactly so yeah i don't want to read this whole thing okay (laughs) i'm just gonna stop there okay so i'm i received an email this morning um so this whole thing happened on friday um and then on Okay, so then this morning, so Monday morning, um, I got like a mass email from the um, founder of Skin Better, and um, he just sent a letter out to all of the providers that are carrying Skin Better, essentially just reassuring us that nothing's really changing within the company. So everyone who's still formulating still has their jobs. The reps still have their jobs. Everyone is still in their same positions. They're just now working in like, or underneath L'Oreal, which honestly just provides more opportunity. Um, now they're able to go globally, which I think is really cool. So now you're going to see skin better just a lot more, um, which is great for us as <clears throat> providers because it has so much more exposure. And so I think L'Oreal does a great job at marketing. Obviously, they are the biggest beauty brand in the world. Yeah. And so I think it's a good thing for Skin Better. Um, this letter is like really reassuring that just, yeah, nothing's changing. Like they're still like you still have to buy through um, professionals. They're not changing the quality of the ingredients. They're not um downplaying like any of their technology that they come up with within skincare um so I just I really honestly like appreciate all of the letters that they've been sending out to the providers just like reassuring us that everything's going to be okay nothing's really changing except for now they are working underneath L'Oreal um so yeah if anyone was worried about that don't worry because nothing's changing with your products Mm -hmm. and if anything more people are going to want your skincare regimen because it's going to be more advertised so exactly more people will be able to access it yeah so so that's the tea you're not it's a good thing very good thing um and this like you kind of want this for brands that you love like to just to just be able to have more exposure and to, especially with skincare, like go more global. So exactly. Yeah. I think another thing too, I think it's good to talk about things in the aesthetics world because there's things are going to be constantly changing as Mm -hmm. they always have. And I think it's good to bring these conversations up. Um, as long as everyone's always nice. Um, I think it can be a really catty industry, unfortunately. And so I just think be nice when you're having conversations. And that's how you, at least that's how I am. I, if someone comes at me nasty, like I've had people comment nasty things to me and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to listen to you if you're going to be rude about it. Right. Or if someone talks to me in a way like, hey, devil's advocate, what if this? You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, totally. I agree. So I just wanted to say that to always be nice. We're all humans and learning and growing. Yeah. Well, and like just because it's happened with some like lines that things have been changed, it doesn't mean it's going to happen with every line. Like there are some people who really hold to their brand and hold to their company and, you know, just take pride in what they've created. And so I... I am sure Skin Better will do that. And Skin Better is very work. ethical. Like their company and their yeah. values. Like I have no doubt that it's the product and formulations will change. Like I think they will very much keep up everything. Totally. Um, so. And now financially, like they'll even have the resources to do even more. Yeah. You know, which is so cool. So I, I love it. I'm excited. Same. I was nervous, but now I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. It's just like the initial seeing that without knowing anything else. Well, and so many people posted accusations and assumptions and things yeah. of what was to happen with the brand that, yeah, was annoying. Yeah. So, <laughs> exactly. But that's, I think that's all I have to say about that. Okay, same. Okay, well, let's hear about your birth story. Okay. I, 
to hear. <laughs> okay, so um, for those who don't know, the last few weeks of my pregnancy were hell. Like, not in this. Like, I love being pregnant, and I hate that it was tampered with because I typically am like so happy during pregnancy, but. Around when I was 28 weeks pregnant, I started getting contractions. And these contractions, as you guys probably heard from previous episodes, they started to pick up and I started having to go to the hospital um, because they thought I was in preterm labor because I was dilating. And by the time I was 30, 30 weeks, I was at like a three and 80. Um, so I was three centimeters dilated. You have to be to attend to push and then you have to be a hundred percent of face to push. And I was at 80%. So Typically, gestation is 40 weeks, so 31 weeks is really early. Sorry, Mm -hmm. if people just aren't familiar with pregnancy, I'm just going to be thorough. No, I learned so much (laughs) from you, so I'm grateful. So it just, like, I had my daughter, Jovi, at 38 weeks. So she came two weeks early, but was still super healthy. But full term is considered 36 weeks, Mm -hmm. um, or term is considered 36. Full term is considered, or is 37 weeks and beyond. So anything before 36 weeks is a preemie. Okay. Premature. Okay. So for weeks, doctors were telling me that they did not think I was going to go to 34 weeks. They didn't think I was going to like for sure did not think I was going to make it to 36 weeks. And, you know, it's like when someone tells you like, Hey, you could have this life altering event tomorrow for nine weeks straight. It is emotionally and physically draining, like not only just because I had contractions, sometimes like eight to 10 hours a day, but emotionally just knowing like, oh, I'm starting to have contractions. Could this be the day that I have my baby? And like, I have so many things to plan for. Like I have work. I have another kid. I have like to drop her off. I have I have people I have to coordinate with. You have another life. Yes. And so it's like, as excited as I am for her to get here, I am like so drained of just like the unknown of when the heck is she going to make her debut? Mm -hmm. Because everyone's telling me it could literally be tomorrow. It could be in an hour. And so it was just exhausting. So um, at 37 weeks, I, so I made it to 37 weeks, which was just insane because they told me forever that I wouldn't so made to 37 weeks and I went to my appointment and I was just like so done being pregnant and my midwife checked me um like my dilation and I was at um a five and 90% effaced so very dilated and she was like okay so you're only 37 weeks. I can't like strip you or sweep your membranes. So what that does is it detaches your cervix from the sac that the baby's in, the okay. water. That's what's stripping the membrane. Yes. Okay. So yeah, they just go that. like around the inside of your cervix with their finger and just like rustle things up. Okay. And then that typically starts labor. Okay. So they told me that they would do that for me just because like mentally I was unwell. I was not fun to be around and I was just honestly Aww. like not okay <laughs> the last like couple of weeks because I was just so ready for her to get here and I was sick of having contractions every single day. So I was like, whenever you're okay with her getting here, I'm okay with her getting here and I don't want to be induced, but I am up for getting a membrane sweep. So this brings us to, so that was on a Friday and she said, well, I'm not going to do it because you're literally 37 weeks today. And so she's like, come back on Monday and I'll strip you. I'm like, I love you. Thank you. So on Monday morning, 9am, I walk my happy booty up to my midwife and I'm like, okay, I'm ready. So she strips my membranes I'm very lightly at that, like super light, but I was like a five, almost a six dilated and 90% effaced. So my body was very much ready to have the baby. It was just like having troubles, um, continuing labor for some reason. 
just wait because <laughs> this is that's a very important fact in this story is that my body was not it was in it was in active labor mm-hmm. for almost 10 weeks okay which is a freaking long time to be in labor poor thing <laughs> Okay, Aww. so that was at 9 a.m. I have, like, a whole list of, like, the times. Oh, my gosh. Just because I wanted to, like, remember. Yeah. And then it just so happened that we were recording this. And so, anyways, okay. So, 10 a.m., my contraction started every 10 minutes apart. And then by noon, so right after my appointment, I went grocery shopping. I was like, let's just, like, wrestle things up, keep me walking, keep me moving. So that yeah. labor starts because I'm so ready for her to get here. And then by noon, my contractions were every five minutes apart. And then by 2 p.m., they're every two to three minutes apart. So I started to pack everything for the hospital. I texted Ryder and I was like, hey, you should probably come home because my contractions are getting close. But the thing is, they weren't getting more intense, but they were getting closer together. Yeah, I was going to ask about like contractions. Like it's when they're closer and more intense is how you know baby's coming. So typically, the closer that they get, the more intense they get. They should. Okay. Mine weren't. Like, I had a couple of kind of intense ones, but... Or are you just used to the pain? <laughs> that could be it, too. But, like, it wasn't anything really different than what I had felt over the last, yeah. ten, like, nine, ten weeks. Yeah. So, uh, Ryder got home from work around, like, 3.15. And then around 4 p.m., we left to go get dinner because I wanted to see like if the intensity would pick up because now I mean they had been every two to three minutes since two and that had been like two hours and they told me like hey when your contractions are every 10 minutes apart come to the hospital because your baby's gonna fall out and I was like okay but I've also had a baby and I know that it's supposed to get more intense because by the time I got to the hospital with Jovi my contractions were every minute on the minute lasting a minute and they were intense like very intense and so I just, I knew that they should pick up with intensity, but they weren't. So that was frustrating. So we went to Red Robin <laughs> and <laughs> we were just sitting there and I was like, oh, like, let's just enjoy our moments as a family of three, just hang out. And then hopefully my contractions pick up. Then we're only 10 minutes from the hospital. We can have our little dinner with Jovi and then my mother and all will pick her up. Anyways, so we just hung out at Red Robin for like literally almost two hours because I was like, I'm not going to go to the hospital to be sent home. Like I yeah. freaking refuse. And if I go now, then they're going to check me and I'm going to be probably a six or a seven. And they can't send me home at that point, but they, I don't want to be induced. So I was like, I was really up in the air because I really did not want a medicated birth. Totally. So... But I know that also being 37 weeks, they wouldn't break my water to just have that happen. So, so, um, dinner, we were eating dinner and my contractions completely stopped. I'm like, what the heck? Really? Literally being put through it. Yeah. And like, I've been having contractions since 10 AM and now it's five like, why, why are my contractions stopping? Why? Yeah. Why, why is that so annoying? <laughs> so at like 530, we left dinner and my mother-in-law came and got Jovi and Ryder and I went to the mall. We went to the Santan mall and we went walking. Like we started speed walking because I'm like, <laughs> these contractions need to pick it back up. Like I am confident that they will. And yeah. so we start walking around, we go to Lulu, we go to the puppy store And they pick back up every two to three minutes. And I'm like, heck yeah. Like now (laughs) we can go to the hospital. So we went to the hospital. We got there around 630. And my contractions were every like three to four minutes apart. But they were still super manageable, which again was frustrating. But by 7 p.m. You're like, hurt me. I know. I'm like, (laughs) I I want to feel pain. (laughs) But like by 7 p.m. I'm like, I'm still in triage. Um, so they just had me, so triage is like where you go before they admit you into like a delivery room. And so I was in triage and when I was laying there, because they have to track the baby, they have to track your contractions for like 30 minutes, my contractions stopped. And I'm like, why? And then they checked me and I'm at a seven. I'm dilated to a seven, (gasps) literally a seven. And I'm like, (laughs) 
what the heck? And they're like, uh, this is so weird. I'm like, you're, you're telling, you're telling me. me. Literally. And they're like, I haven't seen this like happen. I'm like, mm, well, here I am. So then like by 8 p.m., they were like, okay, well, you're obviously in labor, but your contractions are not consistent enough, but we're not going to send you home. So we need to like do things to stimulate labor. And I'm like, okay. They had me go for a 40 minute walk around the hospital. Okay. Getting those I'm like steps waddling, in. <laughs> waddling around the hospital. And then by 9 p.m., they're like, okay, like, let's see where you're at. Cause my contractions, again, picked up every two to three minutes. But again, like, they weren't super intense, but I could just start to feel like more heaviness, like pressure. And so by 9 p.m., um, they checked me and I was eight centimeters. Okay. And my contractions were still super manageable and labor wasn't kicking in. So they sent me for another 40 minute walk. Awesome. So I was walking around Wait, again. How late was this eight? Um, so this was at eight or 9 PM. So, okay. Yeah. And then they're like, well, you're not going to go home because you're almost 10 centimeters dilated yeah we're not going to send you home but just keep walking and hopefully your water breaks like cool they're like yeah your water's gonna break like there's no way like it's bulging you're literally almost fully dilated your water's gonna break i'm like cool that'll be cool because i've never experienced that like it breaking on its own so at 10 15 um, I had gotten back from my second walk and then they admitted me into my room and they gave me the room that had a bathtub in it. And so I could like labor in the tub. But when I got in the tub after like my contractions had picked up, um, they stopped because I was relaxed. I was just super oh. relaxed. And um, Ryder started taking a nap because he was super tired. And then around midnight, um, I was like trying to do all the things um, I was listening to meditations and then my contractions slowed down again. And then um, I got up and I started walking. I was sitting on the yoga ball and then my nurse, her name was Cassidy. She was amazing. She's like kind of just guiding me through like what to do, like different lunges and squats and things. Just like oh, try to get my body to dilate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, that like this was from midnight until like almost 3 a.m and i'm like were you just exhausted no because like my contractions didn't even hurt like i was just like i was tired but like like i was able to like get like little cat naps between the contractions that i was having because they weren't they're like period like period cramps so i'm like what the heck is happening so 3 a.m we're like at a loss we're like what do we do like your contractions will not pick up we've literally tried everything mm-hmm. and she checks me and i'm at a nine i'm nine oh. centimeters dilated wow. not feeling a darn thing so i'm like walking around just like trying like all the nurses are like that's crazy how is your water still intact yeah. like what the heck and so um she checked me i was at a nine and we were just like at a standstill and so um, I was having like one to two contractions every 10 minutes and in order to continue to dilate, I needed to have them, um, like three or four times in 10 minutes. Um, and so we kind of were talking about our options. She's like, well, we could put you on Pitocin, which that would make me dilate. But with Pitocin, it's like, it's, it makes your contractions very unpredictable. Whereas like with unmedicated your contraction comes and it goes like a wave. Like there's a peak and then it comes back down and you can always rely on that. Okay. And so like mentally it's a lot easier to get through. I feel like an unmedicated birth when you have that comfort of knowing that like this is only going to be a minute and it's going to peak and then it's going to come down. Mm -hmm. Whereas with Pitocin, it's like you could have three minutes of like a very intense peak and then it'll come down and then, 30 seconds later, it'll like skyrocket back up again and just be super painful. So, um, yeah, I, it was either get on Pitocin or break my water because my water was not breaking. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I, I really would 
I really want to do a medicated. And so I was like, okay, it's going to get really intense. Like the second my water breaks, because at this point it's like, she has nowhere to go, but straight down. Yeah. And my body is ready and open. Were you sitting on your knees for it? So I was like, I was doing hands and knees. I was doing like a deep sumo squat. I was literally doing all the things. I was laying on my right side, laying on my left side, like every position possible. Mm-hmm. That's I, like more natural for her to come out. Yeah, I was doing it. Like I was, I was squatting. I was jump squatting. Like I was trying to get my freaking water to break yeah. and it wouldn't. And so my midwife comes in. Um, at like three thirty, because I I told the nurse Cassidy, I'm like, Ugh, I want to do this as natural as possible. Let's just break my water. And mentally, I prepared. I was like, okay, it's gonna get freaking intense, but I can do it. Like, transition is typically like from seven to ten centimeters, typically only an hour, and it's very intense, but I can do it. So, my midwife came in around three thirty in the morning. And her name's Mylin, and she came in and broke my water. So it's like with a little crochet hook. Okay, yeah, I wondered. Yes, it's like a crochet hook, but I could feel like my water bag. I mean, you can't like it doesn't hurt when they break your water, but I could feel like the thickness of it was like a really thick rubber band. Like I could tell like when she was trying to hook it, like the... The sensation that I felt was like I was a really thick rubber band. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if that makes any sense at all, but I follow. she was like, this is literally a bag of steel. She's like, you could have walked around at 10 centimeters with this bag intact for another week. What? I'm like, I hate that for me. Like, Why is the fact that? that I could have been at home, if I wouldn't have gone to the hospital, I would probably be sitting at 10 centimeters right now. Can you imagine? And like, could you imagine if my water broke? <gasps> I would literally, like, the baby would just fall right out of me. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Because I wasn't feeling contractions. Yeah. That's insane. It was, like, the weirdest thing. And I did not, like, they were, like, I have never seen someone go so far and not have contractions, like, or, like, be in transitional labor Mm -hmm. in my life, like, in, in their career. They had not seen this happen. So, I was, like, love to be the guinea pig. So, um, so she, so my Lynn came in. And she broke my water and then she had me start laying in like these different positions mm-hmm. to get things to like move along. Um, so around 4 a.m. So it took me about 10 minutes to go from a 9 to a 10 and just doing those different positions. Um, and so, OK, I was doing different positions to see just like what felt most comfortable um, to like give birth because I was at a 10 and at some point or another, my body was going to start pushing on its own. And so, um, okay. So, sorry. Like, ugh, it's only my throat. Okay. <laughs> okay. Drink break. Yes. Um, so I did some different positions to just uh, find what felt more comfortable. And then Tommy's heart rate kept dropping during each contraction when it, like I would like switch to one position and then her heart rate her heart rate would drop and so we try another one then her Mm -hmm. heart rate would drop and so at this point I was like okay I don't care what's comfortable for me I don't want her heart rate to drop and so I just asked my midwife I'm like okay what position because she was like she was watching the monitor like a hawk and I could tell like there were three nurses there was um well there's my midwife and then there was Cassidy who is um, the labor and delivery nurse. And then there's the nursery nurse who's like there to watch over the baby when the baby gets there. And so um, I could just tell that they were like really fixated on the monitor and I could feel the tension of just like, they weren't expressing that they were worried, but I could see that they were like, yeah, shiz. Yeah. And so that freaked me out. And so I'm like, okay, just tell me what position to do. And that's that's how I'm going to give birth because yeah. I don't want anything to happen to her. So um, so then the position that my midwife told me to do that like her heart rate was best in was laying on my right side with my left leg like over-exaggerated okay. over my – like over the bed. Okay. So like I was laying at the edge of the bed 
and then my left leg was pretty much hanging off of the bed so okay. it like if you can imagine that like it really opens up your like pelvis yeah. in the back um when you do that position so it was like the craziest feeling because each time that I would get a contraction, my water would just start gushing, like gushing out. And it felt like I was peeing myself. And I'm like, I'm convinced I am peeing. This is just like the weirdest feeling ever. And um, something I didn't know that happens when you're in labor. Um, I thought it only happened when you do medicated is like you get the shakes, like your body just starts like convulsing. (laughs) And so I started shaking really bad and they're like, oh no, like that's normal. That just like is your body's like hormones just like doing their thing. And it was just like the weirdest thing because I was like shivering, like my whole body was like shivering. That would freak me out. Yeah. But it was like involuntary, involuntary or whatever. Okay. So... Um, so with each contraction, my water just like started gushing and then they started getting really intense. Um, and so I was holding on to the bed cause they have like little handles on them. I was holding on to the bed with one hand and then onto Ryder's hand with the other. And, um, I was just like trying to cope with, I'm not going to call it pain, but the intensity of each contraction yeah. because it was so freaking intense and I I don't even want to call it painful because it like yeah okay yeah it was painful but the part that was painful was the amount of pressure that I felt it wasn't like I sliced myself I don't like it didn't feel like typical types of pain it was just like can you imagine like almost feeling crushed and like it's a different kind of pain than like other Mm -hmm. types I don't know if that makes any sense but um I just like kept kind of moaning and just saying like ow ow and (laughs) um Ryder said that there was about five minutes of like this time when he was like I did not know if you're gonna be okay just because of like how much I was just like owie yeah (laughs) yeah so and it was there were about six contractions that like were really intense and my body just like started pushing like I was never coached on how to push which I loved like no one was ever like 10 9 8 7 6 like (laughs) counting in my face like they do typically with medicated births like my midwife was just like okay like your body's gonna do its thing and she could tell it was it was pretty cool with with each contraction that I was having during like a span of 30 minutes. Um, I could see and like, I guess Ryder was relaying this to me, but I could see them doing it. But um, they could tell like how close the baby was to getting here by the sound of me, like of like the, really? the noises that I was making because I was so doing cool. hypnobirthing. And so what hypnobirthing really is, is it's, it's a coping mechanism of just like how to manage your pain. And the best way to manage pain is to breathe. So I was focusing like in for four, out for six, in for four, out for six. And then doing like that low, almost like a mooing sound really opens up your, your valves, what okay. are, your sphincters. Um, <laughs> that word. Yeah. So like by even just making that owl noise, it like just really relaxes your pelvic floor. So anyways, but Ryder was like, it was cool. Cause I would like make a certain moan and then like my midwife, like put on her gloves and the next one, like she could tell was a little more intense. So she like started counting all of her tools and the next one, she like started counting her gauze and like just, oh. and like each, each contraction, like she could tell, Kind That's of like so where cool. I was in, in labor. So I feel like they're so smart and they just, yeah. Anyways. That's wild. So um, then the nurse for the baby. So her name was Bailey and um, oof. So the last six contractions that I had, she grabbed my left leg. So my right leg was laying straight down on the bed. I was on my right side and she grabbed my left leg and like, open my hips and Mm -hmm. like counter pushed like 
almost like putting me in like a low lunge. Okay. But laying down. Can yeah, you yeah, imagine yeah. like someone like kind of stretching your leg? Yeah. Every time that she did that, I could just feel Tommy's head like descending. Oh my gosh. And it was like so intense. Like it felt good because it was like almost like a relief, like of pressure, just like a open like she's opening more yeah but oof it was so owie oh, <laughs> mama ouchie. Ugh. but it was just like making a bigger passageway for tommy to arrive and so um during those last six contractions i started crying um just because the pressure was so uncomfortable and then through the last four i felt the ring of fire um the only way I can describe this or the sensation of what I felt is imagine um, pooping a bowling ball on fire. Oh. Mm-hmm. Lots of pressure and lots of heat. Spicy. Very spicy. Very spicy. <laughs> yes. Oh, you poor thing. But it but was... go you. That's amazing. It was like so... Um, like cool to be able to feel it because the entire time I was telling myself like I'm built to do this my body's built to do this and I knew that each time that like my mind kind of started to wander of like OMG am I dying it was like I just knew that that was the sign that I was really close to being done Mm -hmm. Um, because I'd watched so many birth videos before and I could even tell like by the noises that like my body just kind of started making like how close I was to being done yeah and um, the nurse, Bailey, who was doing my whole little leg contortion, um, she started, like, saying these affirmations to me, like, okay, Alita, like, with every contraction, your baby's, like, like so much closer to coming, like, to meet you. And um, she was just reassuring me, like, that I've got this, that I'm doing this, like, breathe in breathe out and she like her voice just became like angelic in my head during like those last few contractions and that like became my anchor like everything else I just like I was in my own zone and all I could focus on was her voice and it just like held me there and I was like so honed on (laughs) on her voice and it was just like the best because I felt so much peace like the room was dim like it was like so nice like only a couple of like little lights were on and everyone was so calm and like so relaxed and no one was telling me to do anything they were just like encouraging me um and it was just it was very just emotional during that time so I started crying (laughs) and then um sorry I'm trying to find where I'm at in my list okay so I started crying just because it was just a lot of pressure. And then um, during those last four contractions, I just started pushing. Like, I have never grunted so hard. Like, I thought that I felt constipation before. No. No, 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 no. No, nothing like this. And I just, like, pushed, like, so hard, so stinking hard, like, I have never pushed in my life and I just kept asking Ryder like how like am I close am I close is she close am I close am I close (laughs) how much longer and Ryder just like kept brushing my hair and he's like you're doing so good she's so close like keep going and um so I could like because you can feel it like you can envision them coming down and it just like it it motivates you a lot um and then um let's see sorry okay so during like the last couple of contractions sorry those were like the peak of everything because there there were about 10 contractions that I felt where I was like holy cow lots of intense pressure six of them were her descending and then the four were pushing her out like Mm -hmm. the last four so um finally like she came out like her her head came out and then Ryder like ran around to the bed to pull her out (laughs) and so Ryder pulled her out and he like put her up on my chest and 
Good. Like, you got skin to skin. I did immediately. And it was good. so good. And I just started bawling. Like it, and I looked at Ryder and he looked at me and he's like, you did it. And I'm like, holy crap. Like Aww. I just did that. And it was like something that I don't know. I've, I've dreamt about it for years and just like telling yourself that like you can do something that's so hard. And like, they say that giving birth is literally the worst pain. Yeah. Like side by side with burning alive. Yeah. I've heard that. <laughs> and like, just, you did I that. Know, like all the, all the prep work that I had done, like going into it and just like knowing what I wanted for myself and for my baby. I was just like, I felt so grateful that I was able to have that experience yeah. because I didn't know if I would be able to, but it was just so special. So special. And yeah, then Ryder started crying. I started crying. Aww. And it was just like just such a special moment. And it was just he and I in the room. No one else was in the room. Um, and yeah, Tommy was born at um four thirty six in the morning. And yeah, on the twentieth. So she was seven pounds, four ounces, twenty inches long. And yeah, just head full of hair. <laughs> but it was, yeah, it was just like the most euphoric and just like emotional and beautiful moment that I've had to date. And like birth with Jovi was also like an, um, another monumental moment in my life. But it was really, a, it was a very different experience this time. And I'm just so grateful I've been able to experience both. Yeah. But I feel like all births, no matter how your baby comes into the world, is absolutely beautiful. Yeah. And if anyone is pregnant or considering getting pregnant or interested in birth, I highly recommend looking up hypnobirthing because literally if I can do it, anyone can do it. Like if I can do unmedicated, like I'm a weenie. <gasps> I am such a weenie. <laughs> <laughs> so if I can do it, literally anyone can do it. Um, it's they say that birth is um eighty percent mental and twenty percent physical. So you just have to like have some control over your mind. Yeah. <laughs> and just be able to pull yourself into just like a calm state of just like that you trust yourself. Yeah. So yeah, that's how Tommy came into this world and we're so glad she's here. Yeah. Finally. Thank you for sharing that yeah. because that is such a special <laughs> that like made me emotional hearing it. Like <laughs> that's so freaking cool that you did that. And she's so perfect. She is. And it's like you finally meet your baby and it's like it's almost like you've known them forever. But then you're just like, it's nice to meet you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like such a fun feeling. And yeah she's she's just been so good and she's nursing like a champ she's sleeping like a champ and yeah we're just we're so happy and she has the her. best smile she has the best <laughs> smile if you have if you follow me on instagram you'll see if you don't follow me you can look up my personal account but it's alita alita.brock and you'll see she is like the cheesiest little baby the biggest grin and has the fullest face <laughs> like i mean she was only seven seven four which isn't huge but she's just like so fluffy oh <laughs> fluffy she's so fluffy okay <laughs> wait i wanted to share my conspiracy i had told i had told a couple of people about this um but my midwife like kind of reassured me and same with my mother-in-law that like my conspiracy could potentially be a fact. Oh, I love conspiracies. Yes. Let's hear. So, okay. So for those who don't know, um, earlier this year, like late last year, earlier this year, I miscarried. But when I found out I was pregnant with that pregnancy, I felt so strongly that it was going to be a girl. Like, or that was going to be twins. Sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. That it was going to be twins. Like, so, so, so strongly. And then I ended up miscarrying. And I'm like, okay. I, who knows? Who knows what it could have been? And then, um, exactly, it was either, like, two weeks or three weeks later, like, I think it was exactly three weeks later, I found out I was pregnant with Tommy. 
And that's like really fast. Yeah. To be able to find out that you're pregnant again so soon after. But during the time that I was miscarrying, um, I kept getting like positive, negative, positive, negative, which is common because your hormones are kind of ebbs and flows of fluctuation of trying to come back down. Yeah. But I kept getting positive tests as well as negative throughout that entire time. But then I had like a super, super, super positive pregnancy test exactly three weeks to the day after I miscarried, which is like just so early to have a positive. And during that entire time, I never like never didn't feel pregnant, I guess. And like, okay, so with everything that had happened during this pregnancy with Tommy, I was like, okay, maybe she's not super early. Maybe she was a twin and maybe I passed one and she held on. Yeah. And when I gave birth to her, my midwife was like, this is not a 37 weeker. She's like, she is huge. I'm like, I know. I was like, I freaking know. And something that they can tell of like the gestation kind of of a baby is like when they're born, their skin is like really peely, Mm -hmm. like really flaky peely. And that means like that they're full term. Like Jovi was not at all. (laughs) And or I guess like more closer to 40 weeks is like when they start to get peely skin. Um, And Jovi wasn't like that, but she also came two weeks early where and Jovi was literally a whole pound smaller than Tommy. And my entire pregnancy with Jovi, I was always measuring small. My entire pregnancy with her, I was always on track or a little like ahead. Okay. So my conspiracy is that she never left me and she was just always in my belly and that she actually came at 40 weeks because that would be when she came. Yeah. Which would be full just like full term. Um, and my mother-in-law also commented who was my mother-in-law was a labor and delivery nurse for a long time. And she's like, she's a peely baby. She's not 40 weeks. You don't see that. Wow. So I have a conspiracy, but who knows? It it could just be me not knowing anything or I could be right. <laughs> well, I definitely I would believe that. And especially like that other thing you found out about her name. Oh, yeah. You should tell oh, that. Hello. Yes. So another thing is that if you look up what the name Tommy means, it literally. OK, so my husband picked out the name Tommy. Um. Like, right when I found out I was pregnant, like, with the first pregnancy, <laughs> um, like, earlier this year. So, he was like, okay, if it's a girl, her name should be Tommy. And then I was like, uh, okay, like, if, uh, okay, well, maybe, we'll, we'll see. Um, And then I just, he just kept saying, like, he feels like it should be Tommy, feels like it should be Tommy. And then I was like, okay, it's going to be Tommy. Then one night, we're in bed. We look up, what's the name Tommy mean? Literally, it means twin. Insane. It literally means twin. And so it just seems a little fishy. It seems a little fishy to not be true. Pretty fishy. Yeah. So, (laughs) and like Ryder had no idea, literally Ryder had no idea, like, about any of that. Um, But yeah, I just, I thought it was interesting. Oh, and then her middle name's Lois. It's L-O-I-S, and that's Ryder's grandma's name. And we're actually going to name her Tommy Lowe because I just liked the flow of Tommy Lowe. Mm-hmm. But then he wanted to incorporate, like, more of a family name. And so it's Tommy Lois. And, yeah. so That's so cute because you have the meaning of family, but you also can call her Tommy Lowe. Like, nickname. Well, and she can, like, make her name more feminine if she ever feels like she wants to. And I feel like Tommy Lowe kind of does that for yeah. her um so yeah i feel like it's a pretty versatile name and we like it i love it I, it's still like it's still weird to me because she hasn't been around long enough for it to feel like normal to yeah. like just throw out the name tommy and like call her you know so i'm still getting used to like having having her here <laughs> oh i can't even imagine like 
putting myself in your situation and thinking about like, okay, me and Jason, we're coming home with the baby. And it's like, I rock your world. Like I bringing home babies first time up. Like, what do I do with it? Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh, postpartum this time has been incredibly different. Like nursing was the hardest flipping thing for me with Jovi. Like Jovi had a great latch. She was nursing all the time. I had a great milk supply. No problemo there. It was the mental hurdle of breastfeeding of like, I have to do this crap every two to three hours for a year. Um, It was just like a lot to try to like wrap my brain around. And it was really painful for me um, for like the first month ish. And then I had to figure out how to pump um, at work. And it was just a whole thing. So this time it's like my boobs don't hurt. Really? Yeah. Like, why is that? I don't know. When I'm like, maybe Jovi had an awful latch. <laughs> maybe her latch Tommy's wasn't. showing her up. <laughs> I know. Well, and then I thought Jovi was a good sleeper. Um, this chick sleeps through the night. Like, I don't have to wake her up. Like, last night, I woke her up in the middle of the night once to feed because she didn't want to wake up the other two times I tried to wake her up. So <laughs> sleepy little girl. She's so sleepy. She sleeps like 23 and a half hours a day, which I love, but I'm like, are you okay? <laughs> are you okay? <laughs> Me as but a baby. She's just she's been doing so well and I'm just I'm just obsessed with her. I feel like postpartum is hard. Um, more so mentally than it is physically for me. Oh, um, I forgot to mention, um, I didn't tear. I wanted to ask you that. Yeah, no. But I didn't know if I should I on here or not. so freaking lucky. Two for two. I did not tear. And lucky I, mama. I asked my midwife like 13 different times. Like, did I tear? Did I, are you sure? Like, are you? You're like, this feels like I did. I'm like, t- this is TMI. But, like, I've been constipated before and, like, bled, you know? Yeah. Like, there's there's no way with how hard I just pushed that I did not tear, even if it was my bum. That's crazy. Let alone what she came out of. See, that scares me. Yeah. It scares me so bad. But I think it's because I was drinking, like, 64 ounces of red raspberry leaf tea every day and eating, like, five dates a day. That I've heard about the date thing. Yes. Not the raspberry tea. It, it helps, too. Okay, (laughs) but yeah I didn't tear and I didn't have any stitches which was just so nice and I think that that's why my postpartum recoveries have been really easy um and then I I do have like an ab separation that I'm just gonna start doing my little exercises for to pull them back together oh yeah I've heard exercises and like breathing through your stomach not your chest yes bringing your breath down there yep learn that from Chelsea on the what we said podcast yep (laughs) so I'm doing all those things and I would say I definitely have baby blues which that's just like most I, I feel like most moms have baby blues and that's like the first two weeks after you have your baby it's like you have a hard time kind of connecting and um just like you your hormones are everywhere so you're mentally unstable (laughs) and then anything after that they consider postpartum depression which I had with Jovi for the first year so I'm just trying to like keep my head above water this time and like try to prioritize what I need as well like making sure I'm getting outside and walking and like for sure journaling and like you know just trying to do all of my things I've been doing ice or ice showers cold showers every day Mm -hmm. just same thing same thing trying to do like trying to do those and um yeah just trying to prioritize myself as much as I can now as a mom of two yeah because it's hard (laughs) but yeah that's that's the tea that's all the story about how Tommy came into the world I'm obsessed with her Good yeah. job, Mama. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Um, but that's all That's all I have for today's episode. Do you have anything else you want to add? <gasps> I have something. Tell Sorry. me. Tell me. Guys, it's spooky season oh next week. 
<laughs> we are so excited. Um, look out for our Instagram today because this will be posted tomorrow. Look out for our Instagram. Um, we are going to have questions for you guys for different episodes throughout the month. Um, for the whole month of October, it's spooky season. So Spooky things all of October. Yes, we will have some um, questions for you guys to answer and um, like story submissions for you guys. So feel free to participate in our spooky yeah. episodes coming next week. Okay, well, thanks for we listening, guys. <laughs> if you enjoyed this, we would love if you left us a review. We love seeing your Instagram posts. But yes. Oh, and thank you for shopping our merch. Your oh guys' yeah. freaking posts have been so cute. And we have so many more tings up our sleeves <laughs> coming very soon. Okay. So excited. Well, that's we're gonna leave it. We're gonna leave you there on a cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> bye guys. Okay, bye guys. Thanks for listening to today's podcast episode. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and leave us five stars. It means so much to us, and we'd love to see your feedback. If you have any requests for future guests or future topics, feel free to DM us or send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.